0: Welcome to Restored for Life with Pastor Ben Harris, the senior pastor at Restored Community Church, where God's perfect word restores imperfect people. Here's today's message from Pastor Ben. Six promises for hurting hearts. Number one, we saw the promise of heaven. Number two, we have the promise of the Father. And here's number three, we have the promise of prayer. The promise of prayer. Verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. When you're hurting, turn your greatest worries into your greatest prayers. Let me say that again. When you're hurting, when you're grieving, when you're going through times of doubt, when you're going through times of want, when you don't know where to turn, turn your greatest worries into your greatest prayers. Prayer changes everything. Number one, it changes us. But there is a caveat here, and let me give these three caveats to you. First, we must pray in faith. We must pray in faith. Jesus has made a promise of prayers being answered, but he places this demand that we should pray in faith and walk in obedience to him. In the book of James, chapter 1, verse 6, the disciple tells us that we should, and I quote, ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind for let that man suppose that he or let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the lord second we must pray in jesus name this is not some kind of magical mention of christ in our prayers to get what we want lord help me win the lottery Oh, wait a minute. In Jesus' name. And there are, there are preachers out there that'll tell you all kinds of gross misgivings about. They totally twist prayer for their own purpose. And yet here it is. We're going to talk about it in just a second here. It's according to God's will. And here's the key. The closer we draw to God... The more we get to know his nature, the more we get to know his character, and the more we get to know what it is that he wants. When Debbie and I were first dating, I went to school on her. I mean, I just tried to find out what are her likes? What are her dislikes? You know, what, what is it she wants in life? All of these things. I wanted to know what, what was it like growing up, you know, on a farm? What was your job on the farm? What did you like about the farm? What'd you, you know, what didn't you like? How did you come to Christ? Tell me that story. I wanted to know everything about her so that I could begin to bless her in ways that blessed her. Does that make sense? The closer we draw near, now I still, I still, I don't, I, I still don't know what she's thinking after all these years. That's okay. Guys, it's a great mystery. And it's a mystery to be lived. I better move on. (laughs) But the closer we draw to God, the nearer we draw to God, read his word, and find out what matters to him. What's important to him? What does he tell us to do? The better we can pray in Jesus' name. And third, we must pray in love. We must pray in love. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments Jesus once posed over in Matthew to his this uh, huge crowd of people why do you call me Lord and yet you don't do what I tell you to do you're calling me your master and yet if you're following me you would do what I'm telling you to do you can't call me master Lord and master unless you do what I tell you to do Jesus says if you love me Keep my commandments. When we love someone, we, we honor and value their name and person, we would not intentionally do anything to disparage their name or to dishonor them as a person. The word love is used 56 times in the book of John. That's why they call John the disciple of love. He was always talking about love for one another. And love, by the way, is the fuel by which we live as Christ followers. It's all got to be done in love. Six promises for hurting hearts. Number one, the promise of heaven, the promise of the Father, of prayer. And here's number four, the promise of the comforter. Jesus gives us the, the promise of the comforter. Verse 16, And I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, a.k.a. the comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you. See, Jesus was with the disciples. They didn't have the Spirit in them yet because they had Jesus. So he dwells with you and will be in you. They're going to realize this uh, just a few days after, not long after Jesus is resurrected and leaves, the Spirit's going to come and fill them. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you, Jesus told them. Listen, he knew what they were thinking. He could read their minds. Three years, three years And he's just going to disappear. Now what do we do? He's going to go back to heaven. And we're left here on earth. Everyone hates us. The Pharisees hate us. In fact, they're plotting to kill us. And Jesus is just going, now what do we do? Jesus says, listen, I'm not leaving you as orphans. Jesus reveals multiple names for the spirit. He is called another helper or comforter. And he is the spirit of truth. There's no comfort like the spirit's comfort when your world has fallen apart. Listen, I speak from that which I know. He is there for you when you get the phone call that no parent should get. He is there for you when your loved one is laying in a hospital bed. He is there for you when the money's run out halfway through the month. He is there for you when a child goes awry. He is there for you in your darkest, deepest moment that you will ever experience. The Spirit is with you. He is there to comfort you. He is there to guide you. Sometimes they're so dark, these trials and these storms, we don't even know which way to go. And then if you'll listen, if you'll seek Him, suddenly the Spirit says, let's go this way. He's there to guide you through your darkest night if you call out to Him. He will answer you if you call out to Him in your time of need. The name comforter has a comforting meaning. It actually means, if you wrote it out in the Greek, called alongside to assist. Jesus left the Spirit, His Spirit, with us. The Spirit resides in us and He's called alongside of us to assist us. Why? Because we don't know which way to go. Because we forget what God's promises are. And, and we start thinking that we're in charge of fixing this. And the Holy Spirit goes, no, actually, God is. We often think of the word comfort as the word soothing, but it, it goes way beyond that. I think it's closer to the meaning of bringing courage to someone in their time of discouragement. So often when we experience great suffering or or loss, we we don't need to be soothed so much as we need a shot of courage from the Spirit that we're going to make it through this one way or the other. Whether our life continues on earth here or it continues in heaven, it's a win-win, right? Paul said, I don't know how to pray I don't know if I should pray to stay here, which would be good for all the saints, or if it's far better to be with Jesus, obviously, but whatever he wants, that's what I'm going to do. When Jesus walked daily with the disciples, he was their encourager. He was their teacher. He was their guide. He instilled courage into these young men. So that after he left, they would be able to go out into the world with all confidence, planning churches and proclaiming the gospel. He didn't leave them alone. Our Heavenly Father sent his spirit to live within them. And he's done the same for you and I. And while sometimes we can grieve the spirit by choices that we make, he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Thank God he never leaves us. Amen. The world doesn't know the Spirit, for the Spirit only takes up residence in those surrendered to Jesus. So they, Jesus points that out. The world doesn't know who the Spirit is. They can't see Him. They can't understand Him. He's of no benefit, really, to them. The world lives by sight, but Christ's followers live by faith in the Son of God through the Spirit of God. Six promises for hurting hearts. The promise of heaven, the Father, prayer the comforter, and now number five, the promise of the Father's love. We have the promise of the Father's love. Verse 19, Jesus continues, a little while longer and the world will see me no more, but you will see me, because I live, you will also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And he who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. We can trust that we will always be in the Father's love. His love is unconditional. So how does God love us? Well, Number one, right off the top of my head, He has loved the world so much that He sent His one and only begotten Son down to the planet so that anyone that would believe in Him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. You see, after death, there is a change in the road. There's a split in the road. And if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then you're immediately in heaven with Him. But if you fail to do that, to live life on your own, then you've opted to go be judged by the judge where only one sin will condemn you. I don't know about you, but I've sinned more than once. (laughs) I sure don't want to go that way and be judged. No, I want to take the other road where all my sins have been forgiven and paid for. All my debt is done. How can we love God in return? Jesus says, by keeping his commandments to love God and to love others. Jesus boiled it all down. Instead of 613 commandments that the Pharisees had come up with at this point, that which they themselves could not even keep. Jesus says, look, it really comes down to this. Two things. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God and love each other. And as we love God and others, listen, this is what Paul says, as we love God and love others, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, Romans 5.5. 5. You see, orphans walk through this world alone and forgotten without love, but our Heavenly Father shares His love in our hearts. Jesus says, you're not not orphans. I'm not leaving you here as orphans. You have the Father's love. You're His children. So we never walk alone. His love, His presence and strength fills us beyond our wildest comprehension. Paul said in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. You know, we're not just surviving this. We're not just offered survival. God doesn't want us to just survive. He wants us to thrive. And when we plug into the Holy Spirit, when we begin to follow his leading, When we open our Bibles and actually do what it's telling us to do and live like it's telling us to live, man, our minds are going to be blown away that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Six promises for hurting hearts, heaven, the Father, prayer, comforter, Father's love. And lastly, number six, the promise of Christ's peace. The promise of Christ's peace. Whew. I'm so glad that we have the peace that comes from him. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will, will send. Remember, I talked about this just in a matter of, uh, of about 40 days. Jesus is going up and he's sending his spirit down. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Isn't that interesting? See, the disciples, can you imagine walking with Jesus? I mean, everywhere you went is a message, right? everywhere It's like every time he opens his mouth, you know, they wanted to hold up a voice recorder. Can you imagine trying to remember even even a small percentage of what Jesus had said and taught. And Jesus says, it's okay, I'm leaving you the Spirit. He's going to call to remembrance to you everything that I told you. It's okay, you've been equipped. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. How does the world give? I wrote these three things down in my office this week. The world gives conditionally. If you do A, B, and C, I will give you D. It gives incrementally. You know, I'll go this far, but you can't have the rest. I'm keeping that for myself. And it gives selfishly. Uh, wait a minute. I'll give you something, but what's in it for me? Jesus's peace is unconditional, it's abundant, and it's sacrificial. What a peace he brings. If you're looking for peace this morning, you will only find true peace in him. Continuing in verse 27, let not your heart be troubled. Remember the disciples are still just standing there, probably a lot of them with their mouths open, trying to take this in. And Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I am going to the Father, for my Father is greater than I. Now, why would the disciples and every believer that followed rejoice in Jesus going back to heaven? Well, because right now, as I speak, Jesus is making intercession, intercessory prayer on our behalf. He's championing our requests and our needs to God on our behalf. Jesus is our great high priest ever making intercessory prayer for you and for me. I don't know about you, but I know I'm not alone in here. There have been times, situations, storms that have hit suddenly in my life and in Debbie's life when we don't even know what to say. We can't. We couldn't even start the conversation because our hearts are broken. And I remember in that hotel room receiving the news that our daughter had died. It was like getting sucker punched. Right in your solar plexus where you can't draw breath for a second. And I tried to pray and nothing would come out. Jesus hears that. He he read my heart. And he said, Father, he's hurting. Here's why he's hurting. Father, can your peace just spill on this couple right now in their room? Father, can you let the Spirit just re- encourage them even now? Speak to him. You see, we have an intercessory on our behalf that's praying when we can't even pray because of the pain. He's a good, good Father, and Jesus is a good, good Savior. And we have the right to pray. We're invited to come into the throne room with a boldness in our prayers. You see, only the king's child could do that. You don't just blow into the throne room of a king and expect to live anyway. But because we're his children, when we shove the doors open, he goes, yes, come to me. What do you need? How can I help you? He hears our prayers you see, when we look at this, kind of step back of everything, from everything we just talked about, we see a God that is around us. We see the spirit that's within us. He left him to dwell inside of us. We see Jesus above us. He's at the right hand of the Father making prayers for you and me. And we see the light of the word before us, ever shining before us, go this way. Don't turn left or right, just go this way. And that, my friends, is how you and I can be wrapped in His peace. Now, if we turn left or right, we're going to experience some pain. And hopefully, when we do that, we come back and we understand that God has given us these things so that we might live in power and peace and on purpose. Verse 29, and now that I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do, arise, let us go from here. And with that, all the disciples rose in the room And Jesus led them down the little hill into a valley. They crossed the Kidron Brook, and they went onto the other plateau up there where the Garden of Gethsemane is, and that's where the rest of this will take place next week. I hope you can make it. Jesus lists our two great enemies, the world and the devil. And because Christians are in Christ, neither one can get a foothold in our life unless we allow them to. You can live in Christ or you can take a break and allow the enemy to get in. My question for you today is this. Have you received God's peace? Is your faith anchored in Him? Now let me, let me make this abundantly clear. My concern, my greatest concern for everyone in this room is this is that you believe in Jesus, but you stopped right there. Scripture tells us the demons believe in Jesus. (laughs) Doesn't do them any good. Listen, I believe in George Washington, but I'm not placing my faith in him. He can't do anything for me. The atheists would say, even the greatest atheists, Bart Ehrman, all all the others would tell you, no, I believe Jesus lived. I believe in Jesus. That doesn't save them. What's the difference here? Belief takes you one step, but the next and final step into the Father's home is this, that you place your faith and trust in Him. That's how you see it through. And so I would ask you today, have you done that? Are you just believing that Jesus lived? I lived half my life like that. I believe in Jesus, sure, yeah. But nothing changed in my life until I surrendered my life to him. And say so you take this Father just take this mess I've made of my life. I trust that you're going to do something good with it. I have faith in you. Restored for life is a radio ministry brought to you by Restored Community Church. Visit restoredcommunitychurch.org to learn more about Pastor Ben Harris and for service times. Join Pastor Ben next time as we set out on a journey to discover the authentic life as Christ followers through obedience to his word.